So, hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Shagoo podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin. Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad. So, on today's podcast, we'll be reacting to this weekend's Celtic versus Rangers match, discussing the Premier League's relegation battle, and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we will be discussing the Celtic versus Rangers match. So on Sunday, the thirtieth of April, Celtic defeated Rangers one 0 which now means Celtic will play Inverness Calafiso in the Scottish Cup final. So Pierce, what was your reaction to this result? Well, um, I thought it was again similar to the last couple of fixtures, very tight, fine margins, and. Celtic current top yet again. They just they have this determination. Although they play really good football, but they can also do the dirty side of the, the game and just limit Rangers to cross balls and just defend it when they can. It's similar to like the way Livingston just set up at the back, where it's just like if you we'll, we'll let you cross the ball, we'll just head it clear because we've got confidence in, in our ability to defend the box. Um but I did think Celtic shaded the first half, and I think the second half was was pretty much Rangers, apart from Celtic hitting the counter because Celtic had deleted to defend. Um, but for Celtic to reach the final and the possibility of a treble was pretty, pretty dramatic, pretty mental considering them. Um, it's Ange's Ange Postecoglou's second season in charge of Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So just. Thinking about the match, um, the first half there was like although Celtic went in one 0 at half time, like there was nothing in the match between both sides. Both sides didn't really create anything. You know, Celtic had more of the ball, and I felt Rangers did well for kind of stifling Celtic's attacks. You know, they were kind of they they put five people in the middle of the park, and Celtic were struggling to kind of build up, build up the play, and get up the pitch and try and create chances. Uh, so I felt Rangers did well with that side, um, but. Like I, 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 previously, a lot of Rangers goals that they've conceded against Celtic have come from mistakes, and yet again, you know, they switch off. They think Celtic are going to get a free kick, and all the Rangers players stop. And you know, you know, we know the the common phrase with Celtic is we never stop. Uh, and you know, Maeda's first to react to it, and he put, he puts in a brilliant cross for Yota, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just. It's these moments in games where, you know, that's not the first time Rangers have kind of switched off against Celtic. You know, that was that's probably the biggest example I've, I've noticed that, you know, they switch off for a moment and Celtic would just have that that tendency to just, you know, capitalise on it and they went one nil up. So then the second half happens and you know you know, this is Rangers' season basically this game. This was our last chance of trying to salvage at least something this from this season. So they went for it in the second half. And, you know, we we praised Celtic and their attacking side of the way they play, but they showed something different this uh, in the second half on Sunday where, you know, they can defend and they can grind it out. And, you know, uh, you know for Celtic fans, you know, it, it, it would probably be a nervous watch. But, um, you know, they just have this, they just, they can play both sides of the game. You know, they can be very tidy and neat. In the way they play, but they can also, they can also do the ugly side, 
and you know that just shows, you know that they they, they are champions elect in the league, and you know at the moment that you know they are they are a stronger, better side than Rangers. So just touching on Rangers, you know that that now means that, you know they'll come out this season without winning anything. Um, you know it's been a it's been a disappointing season for them. So where do you think this leaves Rangers now? What 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 do you think needs to happen now? I think the players that are not going to be there beyond the summer should just be dropped from the team altogether and just start playing young players because let's be honest, the, the title for them is done. The, their chance of winning any silverware is now done. So players like Ryan Kent or Fredo Morelos, potential players like Al McGregor, um, obviously Stephen Davis out for season anyway, players like, like Scott Wright, players that haven't been successful, maybe even somebody like Barisic as well. Um, just start leaving them out and start bringing the players that get yourself prepared for next season because I think Rangers behind the scenes will be having targets of who they kind of want to acquire. And Rangers, similar to Celtic last season, Ange Porsche's first season, Rangers have got a, a major rebuild this summer. Well, they have the funds to do it, but as Celtic have shown in the, the past, it's not necessarily how much you spend, it's how you spend it. Um, and I think recruitment's a massive uh, factor for Rangers and the fact is they haven't been successful in the last season or two. Um, so they kind of need to maximise their outgoings and um, not spend like six million on like somebody like Yilmaz who isn't even good enough to replace Barisic. For how good Barisic is going forward, he's very suspect at the back. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, th- I think Rangers are just playing for pride towards the end of the season. I think they should start playing youngsters and um, getting them that first-team experience and um, start playing players that, that will be there next season. Yeah, yeah um, you've just touched on it there with a rebuild. Um, you know, the last kind of few weeks we've noticed a few changes in the back room, kind of in the back of, in the back room staff with Rangers. So obviously they've lost their direct football. He's left. Um, Stuart Robinson, uh, and Douglas the chairman's left. So there's a lots of there's lots of changes going on behind the scenes with Rangers. And you know, when you look at the team, you know, this summer coming up, it's it's going to be a massive rebuild for them. You know, you've as you've already said, there's a lots of players, big players for them that they're out of contract, and you know, it looks likely that they're not going to be staying. Um, so Michael Beal, uh, although you know he, he's come in, he's not had. A summer yet, so this summer coming up is going to be, it's going to be very very, it's going to be it's going to be massive for them, you know. When you look at the team, you know, for example, when you watch that game on Sunday, you know they had a lot of the ball and they had chances, but they, they didn't look like they were going to score. They you know they just didn't look like they had that that cutting edge where you know they were going to get themselves back in the game. So I think attacking players are a big are a big um, thing for them in the summer. You know, it looks like the goalkeeper's going to be changing. Um, but that's going to obviously cost money. And, you know, Rangers have recently, they've, they've spent a bit of money and some players haven't worked out. But, um, you know, th- th- there's a lot there's a lot to do for Rangers this summer. And, you know, next season is going to be a big, big season for them because, you know, uh, ever since Andrews came in, you know, he seems to have sussed out how to beat Rangers, how to play against them, you know, so it's going to be, 
next season for them is a huge season. You know, the Rangers fans aren't going to accept again going out for the, going out for a season with no trophies and and miles behind Celtic in the league. So it's going to be a massive, massive season for them next season. Um, so that's obviously now Celtic in the Scottish Cup final. But did you watch the, the other semi-final, which was Falkirk and Vernis? I didn't watch it, but I watched the highlights. And um, mm-hmm. I was from what I've seen in the highlights, I was thoroughly impressed with Inverness. And it was more comfortable than I thought it would be. I thought it would be tight. Um, and obviously there was a massive milestone of uh, Billy McKay hitting 100 goals for Inverness Cali Thistle over his second, this is his second spell at the club. Um, which is which is his second his second goal was like wasn't the first goal was a penalty. Second one was a beautiful header similar to Mioski's header against Rangers last weekend. Um but no, I I, I did expect Inverness to get to the final, but as comfortable as it was, I did not expect that to be. Um but in the past Inverness Calathis have always been Celtic's kind of bogey team. Um so they've they've got a very slim chance of beating Celtic. Celtic need a would need have a major off day and some decisions go against them. But it's a cup final, it's a cup game. Anything can happen. And obviously with Celtic now um, losing Carter Vickers for the rest of the season because he's currently gone to knee surgery. Um, that'll be a loss as well for them. Yeah. Um. You know, I I saw parts of the the other semi final. Um. You know. Uh, Billy McKay, striker for Inverness. I mean, he's the the goals he got on um on Saturday were really good. Um, you know, he's he's he, he he's a top striker. Um, you know, I also didn't expect to. I I didn't think Inverness would win by that margin. You know, I thought it'd be quite a tight game, so they'll be delighted with that. I mean, that's that's a brilliant result for them. So obviously now they play Celtic. You know, you did touch on the fact that Celtic are. You know that Inverness is a bit of a vogue team for Celtic. You know, so I mean, as a final, you know, anything could happen. From what I noticed from the Inverness team is that there are there's quite a lot of big, tall players in that team that are really physical. So that could be, you know, that, that could, you know, so it's not it's not going to be easy for Celtic at all. You know, obviously they're favourites, you know, and they're clear favourites, but you know, in a final, anything can happen. You know, Inverness will want it as much as Celtic want it. So, um, what an opportunity for them. And, you know, I mean, what a story that would be if Inverness won the Scottish Cup, you know, a team in the Championship, uh, with the with the resources they have to put itself to what a what an achievement that would be. But, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna have to be the the performance of their life if they want to if they want to go on and win that win that Scottish Cup. Ah, so, okay. Um, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off, um, No, no, you don't. Uh, but if recent memory serves me right, um, I think it was on under Ronnie Dialer at Celtic and uh, Scottish Cup semi final. Inverness did beat Celtic that day. So in so recent history, they've got a in the Scottish Cup anyway. They've the last time they played each other, Inverness Calathissa won, and so it's, stranger things can happen. So so Celtic think they can just turn up and. It'll be a formality, then I think they've got uh, another thing coming because although, like you said, Inverness have got a lot of big physical players, if you actually watch them as well, I watched a few games in the Scottish Championship this season, they've actually got quite a few technical players as well, so they'll need to be careful and uh, bright at it because similar to uh, Celtic versus Rangers, it's not about who 
they expect to turn up on paper. It's about if you, you have to fight and and win. And if they want Celtic want to win an historic treble, then they'll have to. Everyone will have to be right at it. No, you're totally spot on. Um, you know, like obviously, like Celtic are favourites, obviously because of the team they've got to put Inverness, but you you definitely can't rule out Inverness. You know, you know, they they have as much as a chance as Celtic. A Celtic having at the end of the day, it's eleven men against eleven men on a pitch. So you know anything can happen. But um, that 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 match is still in a few weeks away. So we can talk about that later on. Um, before it before it comes up. So uh, coming up next, we will be discussing the latest news from the Premier League relegation battle. So on Monday, the first of May, which was yesterday, uh, Everton drew with Leicester two two. Which means that the battle for survival is still very tight. I think it's about five teams that can still get relegated. So at the time of recording this, uh, there's a, a, a bit of breaking news that it looks likely that the Leeds manager, Javi Grazia, will be sacked and he'll be replaced with Sam Allardyce. So, uh, Piers, I'll start. Did you watch the game last night? The Everton Leicester game? I didn't watch it, no. So I watched it and it was, you know, it was a brilliant game. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, I don't think a two-two draw, but a draw for any of them, they would have wanted. Uh, you know, it was two teams that are they were really going for it. You know, it was a brilliant game, and then you know, you know, two teams that, you know, from what I saw, looked like that they could, you know, they have a good chance of staying up, in terms of what I saw, in terms of like the the quality and you know the fight that they had. Um, but I just want to touch on Leeds, you know, so obviously they, they got beat on Sunday 4-1 against Bournemouth. Um, and also I just, I just told you about the, the news that there could be a manager change. I think they've, they've lost their direct football this morning as well, easily. So it looks like a lot of changes happening. So what, what, what do you think about Leeds at the moment? Like, what do you, what do you think it's that? I just, I just, I just think they're a championship side. Um... I just think I just don't think the squad is strong enough, and they bought in a lot of foreign players in terms of players that aren't pro, primarily proven, and a lot of them are very young, and you've seen that with Southampton as well. They bought in a lot of young players because they try to reduce their age, the squads, uh, average squad age, um, and that that although that's great if you're doing like a career mode in FIFA or Football Manager. But in terms of real life reality, you need experienced pros and that's in your side. You need a mixture of youth and experience. And I, I feel as if a lot of the players just aren't cut out for this level. And Leeds just leak goals far too often. And up front, they're just no, they're not as potent as they were um, under Bielsa. But I, I do feel as if their time has come and I do think they will go down to championship. But I do think They've got a strong enough squad to bounce back up, but I, I just I just I just think they're they're too far gone. And big Sam, that is a panic. It's a panic appointment. It's like it's like um Leicester trying to appoint Tony Pulis or something. Because mm. I because they're they're trying to go with this techie tack of football, the leads kind of be also sort of way. And now they're going to Big Sam, just rescues, do what you can. Similar to what Everton done with um with Sean Dyche. And Everton have some success, and I do think Everton will have a strong enough squad to stay up by the skin of their teeth again. But I do feel as if Leeds, oh, 
there's certainty to go down. Yeah. Um, you know, I've watched Leeds a few times recently and uh, you know, they they play well in tight at times and spells. They go for example, they you know, they get back in the game at Crystal Palace at home and then the second half starts and the moment they go two one down, you know, the game gets away from them and they concede a lot of goals. Same in the Liverpool game. You know, uh, I think it ended six yeah, six six one maybe that game. I can't really can't can't really remember. But you know, they the, you know, they're in a relegation battle and they're conceding so many goals at a time where you can't concede goals. You know, it's so important to to keep the goal difference down. So it just looks like it's a bit of a mess at least at the moment. Uh, you know, there's only four games to go and they look like they're getting rid of um Javi Grazia, who just came in a couple of months ago. So it just looks like I mean it looks like it's it's going all wrong for them. But for Big Sam, I know you said that you know you're not sure about the appointment, but in my opinion, I actually think I think it's, I think it could be good for Leeds because the goals they're conceding at the moment it's just I mean it's awful. I mean they're conceding I think two plus goals a game, and I I, I mean if that keeps going then they're going to go down. So with Big Sam coming in for the last four games, you know he's been there, he knows the Premier League. You know, we all know what his style of management's like. You know, he likes to keep his defence tight and intact and, you know, not concede many goals. So if big if Sam Allardyce could sort them out defensively, you know, they've got good attacking players. So, you know, if he sorts them out defensively, keeps it tight, and then lets the attack players go and express themselves, you know, they, you know, they, they could stay up. You know, you never know. But I mean, for Sam Allardyce to come in with four games to go. He's not going to have a lot of time, so um, definitely it's it's strange timing if that's going to happen. You know, this could might not this might not even happen, but if it did happen for some Allardyce to come in, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from to the end of the season. Um, so we'll touch on we're we'll touching the relegation, the relegation battle as what well. we already have. So it's coming to the end of the season now. You know, it's getting really tight down there. So who's your three teams to go down this season? Um, Leeds, Southampton, and I'm going to go with Leicester. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big shout. I, I just feel as if... You expect them to pick up points, but they're just, just not, they're, they're not picking up the points they should, especially with the quality they have in the squad. Um, and I do think, although not the Forest have signed about like three teams worth of players, um, I feel as if whenever I watch them, they're just exciting to watch. And when you've got a what's a three-time Champions League winner on Kaylor Navas, probably one of the most underrated keepers in the last five to ten years. Um, Harsha treated Real Madrid and Harsha treated PSG. Um, and they've actually got a solid defence. And they drew Man City not too long ago. And whenever they go for I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Although they've signed all these attacking talents, somebody like Brennan Johnson, I just think he's a, a top talent. And Morgan Gibbs-White, although he was signed for 45 million, he looks worth every penny. And I think, touching on, he came, they signed him through Wolves. Wolves got battered 6-0 at the weekend. They could be doing with him. And, um, and I just want to touch on the Crystal Palace. 
I just think Roy Hodgson's appointment's been an absolute masterstroke. They've been sensational to watch. And obviously you touched on the Leeds in Crystal Palace game. That's I watched that second half against Leeds. They absolutely destroyed them because Leeds just went gung-ho and just Elise, Eze just picked them off. They, they two players from me are just... They've got that bit of je ne sais quoi, that just bit of, bit of magic that can just unlock a defence. And I just feel as if old Roy Hodgson has actually got them playing some outstanding football and the goals are scoring is unbelievable. And you would never expect that for Roy Hodgson, who was seen as a pragmatic coach before. But yeah, no, I would say the, the three teams that I've mentioned will go down, in my opinion. Yeah, no, Crystal Palace have been... I mean, since Roy's come in, he's, he, Roy Hodgson's come in, he's been brilliant. You know, we didn't expect him to, to score that many goals because we all know what Roy Hodgson's style of management's like. Um, so in terms of my three teams, before I get into them, I from the start of the season, I always said Bournemouth. I thought they were certain just to go down, but the job that Gary and he's done there since he took over from Scott Parker has been, you know, it's amazing. I mean, it's been amazing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they went to Tottenham. They got a win. Uh, you know, they, they beat Liverpool last month. Um, you know, like, the, you know, the, their squad's one of the, they're not got the best squad in the league. They've not spent that much money as other teams, but, you know, he just seems to got them together, and you know that's them. That's them practically safe now. I mean, it, it's Gary Neal's definitely a shout for manager of the year, uh, for the job he's done, because um, when he took over, they'd just been beaten nine 0 off of Liverpool Anfield. You know, they looked like they were they were certainties to go down, but I mean, the job he's done there is is amazing. But so, do you not think? Do you not think we Gary Neal and Bournemouth? Do you not think a lot of his workers were under radars, but unnoticed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, the, the big thing I've noticed is the teams that he, he, he's getting points off and they're quite big teams. You know, to go to Tottenham and win 3-2 and, and, and score in the last minute, I mean, that, that that's a brilliant result. You know, Liverpool beat them at home after they just, I mean, I think it was just a week after Liverpool had beaten Man United 7-0. And, you know, they, 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 they won 1-0. Um, you know, it's, it, I mean... It's such a good job that's went under the radar. You know, people talk about Mikel Arteta and the job he's done this season and Eddie Howe, but you know, Gary Neal has to be. He has been. Has been for a shout for manager of the year. You know, he he he's done a brilliant job. And you know, I think everybody. If you asked every football fan to predict their their relegation teams, I think a big majority would have said Bournemouth not so long ago. But you know, they've proved everyone wrong. And they deserve to stay up, you know, where the results have picked up. Um, but to go back to who I think will get relegated, you know, it's not a nice thing because obviously nobody, no, no, no fan wants a team to get relegated. But I, I think Southampton, you know, I, I just think it's too, it's too big a gap for them now. Um, you know, they're, they're quite, they're in deep trouble. I think, um, I think Nottingham Forest. You know, I know you said not for to stay up, but I've just, you know, they're it's especially their away form. They've got such a bad away form. You know, they don't. I don't think. I'm. I don't even. I'm not even sure if they've won a game away from home this season. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's 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 been really tough for them this season. You know, like the whole team's changed since they came up, and you know, it just it just doesn't seem to be going for them at the moment. Uh, so I, I think they're in trouble. And 
I think Leeds, you know, they, I mean, I, I've noticed them recently and they look like they just, the goals are con- they're just conceding so many goals. And, you know, they are changing the manager, but it, it, well, it looks like they're changing the manager. But for four games to go, I mean, there's hardly going to be any time for a manager to change anything. So I, I just think they're in trouble. So my, my three teams will be Southampton, Nottingham Forest and uh, Leeds United. But, you know, it might not be that. You know, we don't know. But it's it's definitely going to be exciting in the, in the relegation battle of the Premier League in the next, you know, they're running to the end of the season. So, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start off with the Japanese uh, League One. And on Saturday, the full card, um, Cerezo, Saka, nil. San Fretti, Hiroshima, one. Uh, Vassil Kobe, two. Shonan, Belmere, nil. Uh, Yokama, FC, one. Haikudo, Konsado, Sapporo, four. Uh, FC, Tokyo, two. Alberts, Nagata, one. Kashiwa Racer 1, San- Kyoto Sanga FC 1, uh, Yokama F Marinos 1, um, Nagoya Grampus 1, um, Avispa Fukuoka 1, Kawasaki Fintali 3, and Kashiwa Matlers 4, Gambo Saka 0. And um, that leaves the table in the G League 1. Vassel Kobe top with 22 points in 10 games. San Fetcher Oshma second on 20 points, and Nagoya Grampus third in 19 points. And at the bottom of the table, you've got Yokama FC, rock bottom, with three points from 10 games, zero wins, three draws, and seven defeats. And Gambo Saka and Kashiwa Racer, 17th and 16th respectively, both on seven points, with one win and four draws between them. In terms of the Asian Champions League, um, that the uh, the first final, the uh, Asian Champions League final first leg was played on Saturday between Al Halil and Urawa Red Diamonds, and that was a one-one draw with um, the Japanese side away from home and nicking a nicking a valuable equaliser. And uh, the second leg will be played this Saturday coming six p.m. Korean time. Um, it's not one to miss because um, a Japanese side could win the Asian version of the European Champions League, which um, get some qualification into the Club World Cup Championship, which is a big, big deal over here. Um, in terms of the Korean League, so on Saturday there was only one, uh, two fixtures, and that was Jumbut Hyundai Motors nil, Gangwon FC one, Suwon FC nil, SC Seoul three. On Sunday, uh, Daejeon Hana Citizen nil, Jeju United three, uh, Poang Steelers nil, Incheon United two. Samsung Sue and Blue Wings 0, Daegu FC 1, Ulsan Hyundai 2, Guangzhou FC 1. I've got a match report on that game up on the uh, the website, so get a check out of that one as well. And in terms of the Korean League, um, Ulsan Hyundai top, 25 points after 10 matches. And then you've got FC Seoul second on 19 points, and joint second and third is Poang Steelers with 19 points also. In terms of the bottom of the league, You've got Samsung Blue Wings uh, on two points from 12 games, uh, 10 games, with uh, zero wins and two draws. And then you've, above them, you've got Gangwon FC with 10 points and Jumput Hyundai Motors with 10 points after 10 games, considering they're the record champions and they came second last season. To be sitting 10th out of possible, out of 12 teams is um, pretty, pretty mental. And I, I do think their manager's under 
severe pressure to lose your job as well, which we don't want to see, but the football is not great at the moment. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy website and also on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.